Welcome to Soul 420. I'm your host, Goddess Z. So today's episode, I'm going to talk about the dark side of healing. Now, normally, I usually try to label my podcast episodes with season two, episode this, episode... But you know what? Moving forward, I'm not going to do that anymore. Number one, I can't keep track. (laughs) Number two, I think it's more important for me to just put out as many episodes as I can about different topics um, because I think that's just more important than trying to uh, focus on what season and episode everything is. I think I want to just focus more about the the title, the topic of the um, of what I want to talk about um, in each podcast. So I'm 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 moving forward. I'm just going to focus on that. Um, so you're probably going to see less of me putting out what season or episode it is and more just putting out as many um, podcast episodes as I can based on just the topics. So today's topic, the dark side of healing that nobody really likes to talk about. And I feel like it's very important because I think most people are under the impression that when it comes to healing, it's all about, oh, wow, look, you know, I'm healing, I'm growing, I'm not stressed out, I'm not depressed, I'm positive, I'm eating healthy, I'm working out, I'm doing all these great things, life is perfect, life is great, oh my gosh, I'm healing, and that is just such bullshit. That's like literally not what healing is all about, okay? There's a lot more to healing than just, oh, I need to just change my life and be more positive and not live the life I used to, but live this better life. That's that's not what it's all about. There's just so much more to it. There's a great, bright, positive side to it that I want to touch on, but not tonight. Tonight, this episode is going to be about the dark side of healing. So when you hear me say the dark side of healing, what do I mean? Well, healing is not just about, you know, oh, wow, I'm, I'm happy now and, and I'm, I'm going to be positive and things are going to be great. No. Healing is so much more deeper. As a matter of fact, it can almost become a rabbit hole that you go into and it takes a really long time to get out of that rabbit hole. And let me explain why. So when you decide that you want to heal, chances are it's because you've faced some type of traumatic event in your life, whether it was a breakup, whether it was some type of loss. um, Something traumatic has happened to you, something that has affected you deeply that's made you sit back and say to yourself, why? Why is this happening to me? Why am I dealing with this? Why am I not living the life that I want to live? Why am I not happy? And everyone's going to tell you, well, you know, just, just be more positive, you know, just look at things differently and blah, blah, blah. But that's, that's, that's not what it's about. Number one, if you are serious about wanting to change your life, wanting to really 
If you're fed up, you're just fed up with everything that you've dealt with. You're fed up with what cards you've been dealt with life. You're fed up with all the drama and the trauma and the abuse and the unfortunate events that just continue to happen. The very first thing you need to do, and no one's going to tell you this, and let me just tell you right now what I'm about to tell you is going to be incredibly difficult to do, but it's literally the first step to healing. And then it, 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 it gets darker before it gets brighter. And it's not going to make sense what I'm going to say right now, but I need you to bear with me. The first thing you need to do if you honestly feel in your heart and soul that you want to heal, you want to change your life, you're not happy where you are, you want to do things differently, the first thing you're going to need to do is get up, go to the bathroom, close the door, look in the mirror, Look at the person in the mirror. And no matter what it is that you're looking at, no matter how it is that you feel, the first and most important thing that you need to do is tell the person in the mirror that you love them. You love them. Because understand that there is a special quality in every single human being on this planet. No matter how big or small it is, or no matter what your view is on whether someone has value or not, the reality is every single one of us who are alive and on earth managing whatever it is that we're managing there's value. And that starts with you looking in the mirror and valuing the person you see. Now, I've had friends that have told me, you know what? I look in the mirror and I don't like the person I see. And I say, well, that's the problem. Because if you can't love that person in the mirror, how are you expected to grow? Right? So let's say, for example, you're a parent, right? And you have a child. And as a parent, you understand that your child is going to make mistakes. And they're learning. But no matter what mistakes that child makes, if you are indeed uh, a decent parent at the very least, you're going to still love your child. Because you understand that they're human. They're going to make mistakes. There are things that they don't know or understand. They're experiencing life from a different lens. They don't know the things that you know. They don't have the experiences that you have. So they're going along just the way you are going along. But no matter what they do, you still love them, right? Hold on, this fan is bothering me. All right, I had to, I had to turn that fan down because I was getting cold. <laughs> Listen. You gotta love that person in the mirror. You gotta love that person in the mirror. You gotta look at that person in the mirror and you gotta tell them that you love them. And I'm gonna tell you why. 
because the child in you is what feels unloved. Every time you're triggered or frustrated or depressed, it's not you, the adult, it's the child in you. There was a time when you were young and you probably felt like you weren't being heard or listened to or cared for or be enough, or maybe you didn't get enough affection or maybe you didn't feel like you were in a safe space. Like for me, I, you know, I grew up in New York and I was raised by immigrant parents, very strict mother, Haitian mother, she didn't play. <laughs> and, but we had to deal with a lot. And so, you know, my childhood was based on survival. So I'm very, you know, um, hyper alert to everything, right? I was raised on this idea that I needed to survive, not just the streets, but my family, because there was so much pain and anguish and trauma in my own family. And as a child, when you don't understand that, you're always trying to find a safe space or trying to soothe yourself or deal with things yourself. Um, there's a saying that whenever you feel like you have a problem and you deal with them alone, it's because when you were a child, when you had an issue, you had to deal with it alone. So a lot of the things that we dealt with as children have a huge impact on us as adults. So if you were abused or face any type of trauma or fear, or maybe you dealt with abandonment, or maybe you felt neglected, whatever it is that you felt that you had to deal with that was troubling in your childhood has an impact on you as an adult right now. So whenever you're triggered and you find yourself frustrated, depressed, sad, angry, annoyed, or even just disappointed in where you are in your life, it's that child in you that's calling out for attention. And it's up to you at this point to give that child attention. We cannot control coming into this world and how we're raised and the environment that we're raised in. We just don't have control over that. We're just here and we're forced to deal with it. But as we grow older and wiser and become more conscious, and unfortunately, many, many people are not conscious early enough, um, sometimes not at all. But if you're fortunate enough to become conscious of the fact that, you know what, I kind of had a rough childhood and it really made an impact on who I am. And I'm not really happy about where I am or who I am or what I'm doing. I really need to figure out what it is I need to do to improve. But before you can even figure that information out, before you can sort any of that out, love. You gotta love yourself. And that might seem like, okay, yeah, of course I love myself. Yeah, everyone's, no. Some of us, no matter how much we say we love ourselves, we're not loving ourselves. Sometimes we just say it because it sounds good to other people. But truth is, we're not. So that's why it's absolutely critical for you to be able to go into the mirror, 
look at that person and say, I love you. I love you. I love you for who you are, where you are. Because the fact that you've survived all of the things that you've been through, you need to give yourself credit for that. You weren't born with a guide book and you probably weren't born with the right people to lead you in the right direction and that's not your fault. So that is a huge impact on your behavior and how you react to things or deal with things. But when you become conscious of the fact that, hey, you know what, how I'm dealing with things doesn't seem like the right way, the first thing you knew you need to do is acknowledge that the child in you is looking for attention, it's looking for love, and it's throwing a temper tantrum when it's not getting that love. And when you're an adult, you can't throw a temper tantrum. So what do you do? You get angry, you get sad, or you get depressed, or you drink, or you smoke, or you do drugs, or whatever. You find some kind of way to either self-medicate yourself because you feel some type of way, or you react out of anger and you become jealous or envious or angry at other people for having things that you wish you had. When in fact, it's just the child in you who's looking for attention, it's looking for love. So when you get to a certain age, when you're not necessarily a certain age, but when you become conscious, because you know what, some people can be conscious at 20, 30, or sometimes they don't get conscious till they're 50. But whatever day it is, or whatever moment in your life when you feel like, wait a minute, something isn't adding up, the math isn't mathing, right? <laughs> Go in the mirror and look at the person and say, I love you. I love you for who you are, no matter what. Understand that God is inside every single one of us. There is no mistake. You're not a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. You were here and you are trying to figure it all out like everybody else. Okay? There's, honestly, there's, it's, life is not about, oh my gosh, there's people out there better than me or there's people out there worse than me. No, we're, we're all on different journeys and we're not all experiencing things at the exact same time. Some of us are dealing with our troubles while maybe other people are celebrating their victories. It doesn't mean that your life isn't going to improve or you're not going to have a victory in your life. It just means that your journey is your journey. You know, there's no one else like you. No one can be you better than you. So the first thing you need to do is accept you for who you are at this exact moment, including your flaws. Yes, including your flaws, no matter what they may be, no matter how dark they may be. You need to accept them. The only way for you to acknowledge even your best attributes is for you to also acknowledge your worst attributes. We're not good at everything. Some of us are good at other, some things, while other, other, 
Look at me, I can't even speak. While other people are better at other things. We're different, right? One of my best, one of my favorite philosophers is Alan Watts. And you're, you'll frequent, you, you will frequently find me talking about him and bringing him up because I listen to a lot of his lectures and he's been a great inspiration to me. And what's even more compelling is the fact that, you know, he passed away, I believe, in 1965. I was born in 1977. So a man who lived a life and passed away years before I was even born, somehow I managed to come across his lectures and it literally was life-changing for me. So one of the um, things that he mentions or one of my favorite sayings that he has in his lectures is that um, it goes like this. Kindly let, let me help you. <laughs> this, it's, I'm sorry guys, it, it's just, all right, I, I, it's, it's pretty deep for me and, and, and I just really hope that you guys are able to get it. So let me just, I wanna say it very clearly, okay? He says just like this, Kindly let me help you, or you'll drown, said the monkey, putting the fish safely up the tree. Think about that. Right? So often, we compare ourselves to other people. Right? The monkey cannot compare himself to a fish because the monkey lives on land, he climbs trees. The fish lives in water and he swims. If the monkey is trying to conv convince the, the fish that he's not smart and he needs to be safe in a tree, the fish is going to think something is wrong with him, right? But the fish doesn't belong on a tree doesn't belong on land, it belongs on the water. We're not all meant for the same things. Who you are and what you do is incredibly different than who I am and what I do. There is no you're better than me or I'm better than you. You are you, I am me. That's the way it goes. So. Comparing yourself to someone is the most biggest waste of time because it has nothing to do with your journey. What other people are dealing with or going through have absolutely nothing to do with why you are here and alive and have purpose in life. So before you even find your purpose, you need to first fall in love with the person in the mirror. You need to accept the person in the mirror, the good and the bad. And honestly, if you have a little bit of good and bad in you, that makes you pretty an awesome person. Because one thing I can tell you, I don't trust anyone who's perfectly nice. Anyone who's incredibly harmless and, oh, well, I, I could never do anything, like, I can never do anything to harm anyone, 
These are people that are easily taken advantage of. Um, I think his name is Jordan Peterson. I'm not sure. He's another um, person that I love to listen to. And he talks about that a lot. And he says that the most great person in life is the one who is capable of being dangerous but can control it. Right? Someone who has absolutely no fire in them to be dangerous, who is completely harmless, is actually the most dangerous person in the world because they will put everyone else in danger out of fear. They're cowards. They can't stand up to anything. Now, as a parent, for example, I have kids. Now, I for the most part, I'm a very kind and loving person, and I respect people on a regular basis. My children are my life, just like any parent. But if I was faced with a situation where my children were in danger, being kind and nice would be out the window. I would become a very dangerous person. I'm incredibly capable of being dangerous. I know myself, and I know that if my children were in danger, I would be the first one to take somebody's throat over my children. Now, that's why my kids feel a sense of safety with me as their parent, because they know even though mom is nice and sweet and loving, you know, the complete alternative side to that is just as fierce and dangerous. (laughs) And that's what it takes to really be a strong person in this world is for you to accept the fact that you have flaws and you're not perfect. That's okay. You would not appreciate your good qualities if you weren't able to be aware of your bad qualities. If all you knew was good, then you could not understand anything else in life, and you wouldn't be prepared for whatever life throws you, because let me tell you, life is not nice. This world is not nice. You're not going to live in a pleasant world. This world is ugly, it is dangerous, it is unfair, and it is, like they say, life's a bitch, and then you die. (laughs) right life's a bitch and then you die that's why you get high no (laughs) no but for real right you hear that all the time so you have to embrace the person in the mirror you gotta embrace them not them you you gotta embrace you the moment you embrace you for who you are good or bad And I mean authentically and genuinely look in the mirror and says, you know what? I accept it. I'm all for it. I love this person. I don't care. The moment you do that, you know what's going to happen? Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to become way more more self-aware about everything that you do. Because now that you're able to understand that you have this duality 
this good and bad inside of you, you're also going to realize that you're the one in control of the good and bad in you. There's no one outside of you that's controlling who you are. It is you. But you have to understand who you are. Learning yourself is the best thing you can do. It's great for you to understand someone else, love someone else, and be completely understanding of how someone else is. But when you understand you, that's where the real empowerment comes. When you know what you're capable of, or you understand what you're not capable of, then you can make decisions a lot easier. Hey, you know what? I know that I'm not good at this, so you know what? Maybe I shouldn't try that. But I know I'm good at this, so maybe I should try this. See, that's self-reflection, self-awareness, and being okay with the fact that you know that there are things that you are good at and there are things that you're not good at. And accepting that. Now, once you accept that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, okay, well, you accept it and that's it, there's no growth. No. You accept yourself for who you are, good or bad. You love who you are, good or bad. The same way you love your children or any loved one or any person you're in love with or a parent or whoever it is, everyone has someone that they love. And no matter what they do that's wrong, you still love them because you just see that good in them. You need to see that good in yourself. You need to understand that you are that good person. You look at people the way that you look at yourself. So if you look at yourself with hatred and disgust and you're not happy with the person in the mirror, every person you encounter, you're going to be annoyed by, you're gonna be disgusted by, you're gonna hate, you're gonna find their flaws, you're gonna look at them with this, you know, just like, ugh. And that's, that's not gonna help. And I know it's not easy, it's not easy because this, this life is tough. And sometimes we look at ourselves and we're like, damn, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling this bullshit that I'm doing. I'm, I'm not happy with this. I understand. But you have to stop, look in the mirror, and say, I love you. I love you. You know what? I love who you are, good or bad. You're fucking awesome. You try. Yeah, you're not perfect, but it's okay. I know you mean well. When you do that, your body's going to change. And a lot of people don't talk about that. You don't realize that your body reacts to whatever it is that your mind is doing. When your mind is thinking, Right? When, you, when you're in that, that, that thought of love and gratitude and acceptance, the body, your whole body, and try it. Try it. I'm telling you, try it. Look in the mirror and tell yourself you love yourself and you're happy. Right? Do it for three days. And watch how you physically feel after three days. You're going to change. Because your body's going to say, oh, wow, we accepted ourselves. Okay, we're okay. 
all right, this is this is good. This this is improvement. We're fine. We're all right. That's step one. Now, remember I said this this episode is the dark side of healing, right? So that and you're probably thinking, well, how is that a dark side if you're saying love love yourself? Well, because you have to love both sides of yourself. Now, once you do that, it gets deeper. This is where the dark side comes in, okay? Because now that you've accepted yourself and love yourself for who you are, you are going to realize that there is definitely room for improvement because the only person you're in competition with is the, the person in the mirror, right? That's who you're in competition with. All right, so now what happens, right? You've looked in the mirror and you finally just accepted yourself for who you are. So now what? Okay, I'm gonna tell you what. Now you're gonna look at that dark side of you and ask yourself, why does that dark side of you exist in the first place? What is it about that dark side of you that's, why is it there? Why does it coexist? Okay, and it's probably always gonna coexist to some extent, but the idea now is for you to understand that you can control both sides. So now you need to look at the dark side of you. So I'm gonna give myself as an example because I feel like the only way for you guys to understand is if I can just share with you like my own personal experiences. I went through that. Where well, I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, you know what? That's it. I love you. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to have this being upset and frustrated with you. I, I want to love you for who you are. I, I, I had to just surrender to who I was, where I was at that very moment, and just embrace myself. And once I did that, I had to take a look at the things about me that were troubling. And many of us, and I would say the majority of us, are, are probably incapable of doing that or have a very hard time doing that or probably just don't want to do that. But if you truly want to improve your life, you're going to have to look at your shadow self, the dark side of yourself, and understand what it is that you do and why you do what you do. So I, for a very long time, you know, have this um, idea in my mind, well, I know what's best for people. I've always been a people pleaser. Um, I've always been the type of woman who would date a guy that I feel like I could fix. Oh my God, I want to fix him. Every time I seen a broken man, I thought I can fix him, you know? And now I feel like society really has this um, sort of like this taboo with women that always want to go and chase men that they want to fix. Like, oh, you know, it's always broken women that chase men that they want to fix. And no. It's not because women are broken that they want to chase a man that's broken and want to fix him. It's because 
many of us women are absolutely full of love and acceptance. And when they see someone who doesn't understand or can have that same um, self-awareness or have that ability to love themselves, we want to show them how to. But the problem is, is that every one of us, there's, only, there's two to everything. So when people are dealing with any kind of trauma in their childhood, either A, they're going to be what you call an empath, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with the empath, and if you're not, that'll be another topic one day. But an empath is just basically someone who just tries to be empathetic to what people are dealing with. They become very hyper alert to danger, and they find themselves constantly trying to just survive everything that they deal with in life. They try to understand people. They look at things from a different perspective. They're looking at things for how they are and not connecting with it. Um, there are other people that if they do deal with some type of trauma in their childhood, rather than becoming an empath, they will do the exact opposite, is what you consider, some people say, a narcissist. Whereas a narcissist is manipulative. They are seeking validation. Rather than trying to um, protect themselves from danger, or let me put it another way. What people would consider a narcissist is basically a person who masks themselves in order to kind of fit into society. So like I said, you have two types of people. You have two types of people. You have the empath and you have the narcissist. Both are individuals who are dealing with childhood trauma in two different ways. So the narcissist now is dealing from things in a different way. They're trying to mask who they are because they are afraid to show who they are. And instead, they rather emulate others or seek validation in others by trying to live up to other people's expectations in order to get the love that they're seeking. The empath also is seeking love, but the empath already is embodied with love. So they know they have it in them, and they want to give it in order to kind of calm things down. Whereas the narcissist is trying to do what it can, or they'll, they will do what they can in order to validate someone else's love. They want to live their life in other people's lens because they feel like if they do that, they're going to get the love that they're looking for. The only problem is that the narcissist is going to literally spend a majority of their lives hurting a lot of people behind lies and being pretentious and 
getting involved in a lot of things, just like gaslighting and, and, and even willing to hurt other people if it means that they can receive validation from someone else. So now I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about empaths and, 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 and narcissists. I'm, I really, really just want to talk about the, like I said, the dark side of healing. And it's trying to understand who you are. Now, a narcissist has a very, very hard time um, having that self-awareness. They will almost never admit that they are a narcissist. A narcissist is not always capable of having self-awareness. Or if they do have self-awareness, they'll never share it. They will never openly want to heal because this has been their life for so long, is having that mask, right? So the empath is more of the, the, the healer. I want to heal, I want to heal. And I was that person. I wanted to heal. But too often, people will lose themselves trying to heal other people that they can't heal. You can't heal people unless you heal yourself. People do not want to be told what to do, what they should do. But people are inspired by what others do. Right? So one of the things I had to accept from, you know, about myself was the fact that I was a people pleaser, that I was constantly trying to fix people when in fact I couldn't. And in fact, trying to fix people is an incredibly selfish thing to do. And I know you're thinking, what do you mean it's selfish? Like, I'm trying to help them. I want to show them that they, you know, things could be better. Yeah, but how do you know what's better for someone else? Who are you to decide how, how someone should be living their lives? And that's the thing I had to tell myself. Who am I to be telling, to decide for others how they should live their lives? Why am I advising people or telling people what they should do? Oh my gosh, what you're doing is crazy. Well, if I was you, I would do this. We do that all the time, right? And you have a conversation with someone like, well, if it was me, I would do this and I would do that. But you're not them. You don't know what it's like to be them. You only know what it's like to be you. And being a people pleaser is actually not a good thing because number one, it means you lack boundaries. So you open yourself to being taken advantage of. And it's deserving because if you can be taken advantage of, why won't you be taken advantage of? If people can see that you're easily manipulate, you can be easily manipulated, why won't they manipulate you, right? You're not setting boundaries. You're not letting people know that, okay, you know what? I'm not going to put up with this. You're just doing whatever. I had to face that. I thought that me being a people pleaser or me trying to fix people was a good thing. It was noble of me. Like, wow, look at me. I'm helping them. I'm turning them who they need to be. But what is that based on? Whatever it is that I'm basing who they need to be is 
some type of ideology that I was raised with. Who am I to tell someone who wasn't raised in the same environment that I was that they should be this type of person? We all have different purposes in life. We all have different reasons for why we do things. And we all have different talents. So we're not in a position to tell people how they should or shouldn't be. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't offer advice or provide somebody with guidance or share knowledge or your experiences, but no one is in a position to tell someone else how they should live. It's one of the reasons why I was against going to therapy for so long. Because I used to tell myself, well, what is it a therapist going to tell me about my life? They don't know my life. Why am I going to a therapist to tell me what I should do? I should know what to do. And for a long time, I felt like that. And then to be honest with you, I finally did go see a therapist, and it wasn't really good. Because I felt like the therapist had more problems than I did. <laughs> you know, um, honestly, a most of my experiences with therapists have been not that great. I wouldn't say that they're horrible, but I don't feel like I really got anything out of it. You know, you go see a therapist, you, you know, cry out all your problems and they're like, all right, well, that was great. See you next week. And they don't, and they leave you with nothing. So that was one of the reasons why I thought to myself, I really need to figure it out on my own. And I had to face my demons. I had to face who I was. I had to face the fact that I'm not perfect. I had to face the fact that, you know what, me thinking that I can help people is hurting people. Because I'm, I'm you know, if, if people really have some type of respect for me or love for me, you know, they want to listen and they want to take my advice, but they probably feel some kind of resistance because it's not aligned with what they want to do or who they are. And it's conflicting. So it was important for me to realize that I was, I needed to stop that. I needed to be able to, you know, when I interact with anyone, give them that space to be themselves, uh, no matter what it is that they're dealing with, and then decide for myself whether it was something that was good for me to be around or not good for me to be around. Because the moment you are able to look in the mirror and fall in love with the person you see, you want to do everything you can to continue to love that person. And you want to see that person grow. The same way when you're in a relationship and you love your partner. You love your partner so much you want to see them grow. You want to help them. If they lose their job, you want to help them get a better job. If they, you know, have something happens with their money, you want to help them get more money. If their car breaks down, you want to help them fix their car. You need to be able to do that with yourself. So when you see yourself triggered, upset, depressed, that's your body telling you, wait a minute, something's wrong. Something's off. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. You're a bad person. You're fucked up. No, it's your body telling you what the reason we feel like this is because we're not aligned with what we, what we really want. You're not doing what you really want. For me, there are times I get frustrated as an artist because I want to create 
but I'm also a parent, you know, and I have a job and I have a business and I, ha I have all these different things going on and they interfere with me being able to do art and I get frustrated and I get angry and I find myself sometimes just, you know, snapping at people and they're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. But then I realize I know what's wrong with me because I'm not doing what I want. I'm spending so much time doing things for other people, but I really want to do things for myself. There's things that I want to do that make me happy, and I'm not taking the time out to do that. And when I acknowledge that, what do you think happens? You're like, wait a minute. I need to do this. Because if you're not good to yourself, how are you going to be good to others? That's that moment where I have, okay, you know what? Let me take time out to do something for me. You know what? Tomorrow, it's my day. I'm not doing anything for anybody else but for me. And, and, and then you, you begin the slow cycle of constantly trying to do things to not only improve your own mental health, but to improve your happiness. Because happiness is your responsibility, not your partners, not your family, not your children, not a loved one. It's your responsibility. So... I knew I needed to take time out to do the things that made me happy, even if it was for 30 minutes or an hour, because just doing that for a moment not only put me in a place of gratitude, but it just it, it, it helped me focus with other things in my life. It helped me understand other people and what they're dealing with. I never judge people that are angry, mean, or bitter because I understand that the reason why they're like that is because there's something that they're dealing with. That's the dark side of healing is understanding that you do have a dark side and you need to accept that dark side. The problem is society has taught us to suppress it. Oh my gosh, are you do, are you drinking? You need to stop drinking because that's not healthy. Oh my goodness, are you smoking? You should not do that. Are you sleeping with somebody? You really should not do that. Uh, you're not a, you know, like we can go on and on of all the different things that we can criticize people that they shouldn't be doing. They should be doing something better, right? But why are they doing those things? Okay, we're not perfect, we're human. And sometimes life gets the best of us. So, but when you know what it is that you're doing and then you feel like it's not contributing to what you really want out of life, you're going to slowly start to change those bad habits. You're going to say to yourself, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do this. I realize that if I do a little bit more of this, I'm going to be happier. And when you find yourself feeling happier, you're going to just, you don't have to make a change in your life. It's when you accept yourself that you automatically start to change your life. If you spend your life trying to improve yourself, you will never improve. If you accept yourself for who you are, you will naturally want to improve. Because you're like, I love who I am, but man, I know I could be much more. I love who I am, but you know what? If I did this, I'd really love myself even more. And it's exciting. Oh man, if I do this, oh man, I'd even love myself even more. Right? Now, the truth is, 
what's, what's that saying? Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, right? So when you're trying to find yourself and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm starting to feel good. I'm starting to recognize myself. I love who I am and I recognize my flaws and I'm ready to improve. Then you're going to find yourself sometimes falling back into bad habits or, or just behaving poorly or doing stupid things or being angry or attacking people, whatever. You're, you're going to find yourself falling back. And you're like, why am I doing this? I was just feeling really great about myself. But it's all part of healing because your body is so familiar with feeling more comfortable doing something that, that soothes them in some way or gives them some sense of like, you know, oh, well, the reason why I couldn't accomplish what I wanted is because this happened to me. The reason why I couldn't have what I wanted in my life because this person did this to me. We're, we're so used to like that, that, that blame, and it makes us feel safe when we can blame someone else because then we're not putting the, the, responsibility, the responsibility on ourselves. But when you put the responsibility on yourself and you say, you know what, that's me that did that. You, you're, you're, you're empowered. You're empowered. People that are empowered understand what their flaws are. They're incredibly aware of them. They don't suppress them. They don't pretend that they don't exist. They just try to control it. Now, it gets darker because what happens is, is now the moment you start going through this healing process with everything that I've been telling you, you're gonna find more and more opposition. You're gonna find more and more challenges. All of a sudden, life is hitting you more and more like these, like, you know, you're getting all kinds of things thrown your way. And you're like, wait a minute, I was on this path to improvement and loving myself and trying to accept myself and then trying to just embedder myself. And then now I'm falling back and back and back and back. But again, what's, what is that doing? It's strengthening you. It's telling you, okay, you're losing control. How do you get that control again? It's up to you. I can't tell you how to get that control again. Right? I'd love to because that's my dark side. I want to tell you what you need to do. But the reality is only you know what you need to do. I know what I need to do for myself. And it's a work in progress every day. And some days it gets bad, and then other days it gets good. Healing is not linear. It's up and down, it's up and down, it's up and down, it's up and down. But you know what? All of a sudden you find yourself going up, 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 up. Sometimes you come down a little bit when you come back up. But now when you're dealing with oppositions, when you're dealing with challenges in your life, the more you're growing, you can accept those challenges. You're not in fear of those challenges. You understand that the universe always has your back. So if you're faced with challenges, it's because it's another thing about yourself that you need to break, that you need to change, that you need to grow from. All right? Everything that you're dealing with is helping you grow, no matter how dark or bad it is. You cannot have a testimony without a test. <laughs> you can't tell other people, hey, this is how I dealt with things unless you actually went through something where you had to deal with things. 
It's dark. It's dark. It's painful. It's a lot of crying. Because when you realize all the times that you might have hurt people and did things, you're like feeling shameful. You're like, man, I was really awful at times. I can't believe I did these things. Sometimes even now when I have conversations with people and they tell me something, I feel I, I, like it's in me to say, oh, well, here's what you should do. But then that voice inside of me tells me, is are, do you really want to tell someone what they should do? Are you speaking from a frame of love and reference? Or are you going to tell someone what they should do based on your own personal experiences? Because that person may not have the experience you had. It's best to empower people to let them know you have the answers and I'll support it as opposed to telling someone, well, if I were you, I would do this. No. I'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. I'm here to let you know that you are a loved person, that you are a special person, good or bad. I don't care what your flaws are. You are special. You are here for a reason. Love who you are right now. Once you accept and love who you are right now, then start understanding what it is about you that you feel you can improve. Maybe there are things that you don't want to improve about yourself, and that's okay too. You don't have to. That's the thing about life. There's no rule. Maybe there are some things about you that are not, there are things about me that are never going to change. I am who I am. But I do want to spread more love. I do want to encourage people to grow. So I can't just say that I want people to grow. I have to grow. You know, I want you guys to take this journey with me. Or I want to take the journey with you. We can take this journey together. And we'll still end up being two different people. But at the end of the day, understand that it's okay to be who you are. That's the only way you're going to grow and accept yourself, accept others, and then move on to the next level in life. It's literally, it, it, I know you're like, wait a minute, how is this supposed to be the dark side of things when she's talking about it's making you grow? Because it's accepting the dark side of yourself and that's hard. And no one wants to talk about that when it comes to spirituality. They always want to talk about the growth and the, and, the, and, and the flowers. And oh my God, it's so great and I'm growing and I'm healing and I'm so happy and I'm so positive. No, sometimes you're going to be negative. That's okay. That's okay. Here's a, here's, here's a little tip before I go. Anytime that you feel triggered or negative about something, it takes 90 seconds for that feeling to come and go. 90 seconds. Look it up. 90 seconds. So allow yourself to feel angry, sad, whatever it is that you're feeling, and give it 90 seconds. And after 90 seconds, let it pass. Why? Because in the past, after 90 seconds, it's gone. You're now back in control of how you're going to respond moving forward. I just want you to understand you're special and everything takes time. There's no rush, you can't rush things. 
You are exactly where you need to be right now. Don't look at what other people are doing and how they're living their lives. Trust me, everybody's fucked up. <laughs> everybody's got some fucked up issue going on. And let me say something. My mom used to say, if you threw out your problems in the street with your neighbors, you'd probably run back and pick them up because you wouldn't want everyone else's problems. You're doing fine. You're on the right track, but learn to accept who you are right now. And sometimes it's not going to feel good, but you have to make it feel good. You have to make yourself feel good. It's the only way you'll be able to grow. Until next time, Goddess Z.